back. It's Beelis Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the MBR radio network. Now for our Monday morning quarterback. We'll analyze all of our brackets like uh, from, from 1 to 64 and see exactly how we did. Uh, it shouldn't take long. Not well. Who was your champion, Coach Wing? I had my final four. You ready? Yeah. Arizona. Uh-huh. North Carolina. You okay. can drop your voice on that. Yeah. North Car- on the other side, not too bad. Yeah. Villanova and Duke. Okay. So they're they're going. Okay. So that's something, right? That's well, they good. haven't gotten there yet. Right. That's good. Now, now Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal, i got to ask you, Randy, did you fill out any brackets this year? And if you did, how are they? <laughs> well, you know, after... Uh, after Virginia lost, I was feeling all uh, superior because I initially had them winning the championship, but then I, I, I uh, once I heard their sixth man was hurt, I dropped them down. I think I had them losing uh, in the Sweet 16 round, but I replaced them with Cincinnati, so uh, that, that took care of that. Um, I'm like in fourth place out of like uh, eight people in my pool, so <laughs> doing what I usually do, you know, right there in the middle, mediocre. That's pretty much, welcome to my life, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. I, of course, had Arizona winning because I was wearing an Arizona sweatshirt that day. So I had Arizona and North Carolina uh, in the final. That didn't happen. Uh, I have Purdue and Duke on the other side. I feel... I feel confident about that one. I feel I feel pretty confident. That, that could be good. That could be a good pick. I feel like Purdue and Duke would be okay. I should have taken Duke to win it, honestly. But me too. You know, I did. I'm a Dukey. I don't know why I didn't. Yeah, you know, I should have taken Loyola Chicago for a little bit. I mean, there was one section here where I'm looking through it, and like I didn't get the first round right. I didn't get the second round right. Like I'm all nothing. in on the Zags now, baby. Oh, you're all Gonzaga. Oh yeah, yeah, we. You're good. Going for them. If I if I could do it all again right now, if if I'm looking for like teams that I'm rooting for. Um, definitely Nevada. I think Eric Musselman's like a, a big guy. I think that Nevada Loyola Chicago thing will be pretty fun. Uh, kind of sick of Loyola Chicago. Like, great, you've got a 98 year old nun. Really congratulating. Thank you so much for having her as a super fan. We have the we had the nuns from Macaulay up here, so that's kind of a lost novelty on me, honestly. Um, and the, that plucky Kentucky squad from the five seed, you know, everybody's rooting for them as a as a nice underdog. Yeah, those story. underdogs. Yeah, yeah, Kentucky, Kansas. State. I mean, K- Kentucky's basically going to make it to the Final Four by default, and that yeah, that just, just sickens right me. Sickens me. You know why? Because it makes Hoffer happy, happy, yeah, and that really I don't like me. Calipari. I'm yeah, sorry, I don't either. Not, not a big fan. I just yeah, the only Loyola I'm rooting for in a tournament is Loyola Marymount, because you know Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball and. You know, totally nostalgic reasons. Uh, you know, no offense to Sister uh, Mary Ellison or whatever her name is. <laughs> so today, my friend, is the first day that pitchers and catchers can uh, can start working out for, for high school baseball. And boy, they couldn't have asked for better weather to start this in, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's really, uh, you know, it's a kind of a bittersweet day well you know the coaches love it the coaches are excited to get going and for the most part the kids are excited to get going but but i think by the end of the first practice it, when you walk out the gym door it kind of hits you in the face uh, man we're going to be in this gym for quite a while for the next few weeks uh but uh you know it, it's still pretty cool that that you know we can at least kind of anticipate the start of the season um you know god knows how many games will be played at kent's hill 
this year, you know, because fields aren't dry and, and all that. But uh, it's still a, a, a good day to to look forward to spring being a little bit closer. Now, you know, because I was a crazy kind of baseball coach, I liked the indoors. Because yeah, a lot of coaches do. I, I uh, uh, who was uh, I was talking with Darren Hartley last week, taking over the the Lewiston job, and he, you know, he's like, "Hey, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great time to go over fundamentals. Uh, you generally have the kids' attention. You know, they're not in right field picking dandelions and stuff, and uh, you know, it's it's pretty good for team bonding, and you know." It, it is a bit of a slog after a while, but but that's one of the things that can help you kind of get through the grind of the season. Is this you know you're going to practice every day, and you know maybe it's not the most uh, you know the, the warmest day outside. So you, so you're in the gym and and you're kind of focused on on what you're actually doing, on on what you're working on, yeah, um, not a, on what a beautiful day it is. You know, yeah, it's a controlled atmosphere. You do get a chance to do cutoffs and relays, bunt coverages. Yeah. I used to love everybody lined up along the first base, you know, like they were on first base taking a lead. And I used to get on the mound with a left-hand glove. I can throw a little bit left-handed. Not, I wouldn't be able to throw the length of the gym, but I can throw a fairly accurate that amount of distance. And I used to give them all my best moves on how to read the left-hand pitcher and whatever. And half of them would be picked off and the other half would dive them back in and it, it just was a great, it was fun, but it was a controlled atmosphere. You had the cage at the end of the gym, so you did some hitting, and I I loved it. And then when you get outside, like you said, the kid in right field is doing cartwheels and blowing bubbles and probably not that much in high school, but you know what I mean. He, you're not paying attention, and no. you're trying to do situations, and the wind's blowing, and it's cold, yeah. and I swear, you get one warm day, and then the season's over. That, that yeah. was baseball for me in the spring. Yeah, and the, the good coaches know how to make the most of this, of the gym time. And they, they know how to change it up and make it fun, too. Sure. I mean, oh, we know, used to play rag ball and bat yeah. left-handed, and yeah. I did all kinds of things to try to get that get through all of that. Well, oh, excuse yeah. me, what is rag ball? Rag ball is a, it's a squishy uh, softball-sized baseball, and you hit it, it doesn't go anywhere. Right. And so you... You could play with a with a regular bat, and you could hit it. It would have a nice sound, but it would barely go the length of the gym. So you could hit it, and they could pick up a ground ball and throw it. I mean, it had enough weight, so it didn't hurt your arm to throw it. So we used to play rag ball, and there were certain areas. If you hit it up in there, it's a home run. If you hit it there, it's a double. And You, know, you try to do things like that when you have three days in a row of See, rain. See, I, I did that with my neighbor's house. It was across the oh, street. Yeah, like yeah. If I hit, up you know, on the roof, it's a home run. If I hit it into their dining room, it was worth three <laughs> yeah. runs. Yeah, that, that the happened, window. It, that happened once. We were actually, uh, they had this nice <laughs> porch, and you could walk out onto it, and they had the door, and then their dining room was right there. It was uh, Mo and Gloria. And my buddy and I were playing, and I served up a gopher ball to my buddy, and he hit it, and it went right into their yard while they were serving dinner. Like, she oh was walking it boy. from the kitchen in, oh and boy. the ball bounced through the, the entire house out to the backyard. It was hilarious. It was just one of those. And, of course, then you have to, like, you got to ask their, their two, uh, their, you know, be nice to their dogs because, you know, they'll, they'll, they could just let you know. Like, it was, <laughs> it was really good. You know, Randy, I was watching. Uh, I was watching some spring training baseball yesterday, just so I could feel a little bit warmer. I watched it over NCAA basketball. I watched it. Uh, I watched it over everything else. 
Um, I'm ready for the season to get here only so that I can feel like summer's going to arrive here at some point. Yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about that because, you know, I just found out today that uh, Cor is talking about him Bogart's fifth. <laughs> and I just like, you know, I don't need these kind of stupid decisions right now. I don't need this. Um, that's not a good start for me. I don't want Xander Bogart, a, a guy who has uh, less power than Cora had when he played uh, batting fifth. I just, you know, you can give me all the analytics you want. I just don't think that's really the most productive spot for him. But I agree with your sentiment overall. Maybe I'll I'll watch, uh, you know, Otani get lit up with the Angels to make myself feel better. We were <laughs> just talking about that. It's weird. That's actually what we were talking about going into the last break. We were talking about right? uh, how crazy it was. And it was, to me, it was a huge red flag when he eliminated the Red Sox and Yankees early. That, yeah. to me, was the biggest red flag because I'm like, whoa. One, where is this guy's compete level? Yeah. And, and two, you know, what, you know, what's going to happen if he flames out one way or the other? And right now, he's not pitching great and he's not hitting great. And if that had happened here, people would be up in arms. I mean, they'd be furious. Yeah, could, could you imagine? I mean, they're talking about maybe sending him down to the minors to start. Can you imagine them talking about that in New York or Boston? You know, I mean... Here we have the Japanese losing Castillo, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to send them down to the Biders. So, uh, yeah, that would be a great start. Uh, yeah, I, I can totally understand why why that would set off some red flags. And, you know, you got to wonder if they send them down to, to AAA or AA or wherever they send them, uh, you know, maybe they would have them work, uh, focus on doing one thing, you know, is it really going to do him a lot of good to go down there to face minor league hitters, to face minor league pitchers? I mean, you know, is are they equally valuable? Is that experience equally valuable? I don't know. Uh, you would have to ask a baseball person about that. But uh, yeah, that was that. That's looking like a a disaster so far. We we saw Rosny Castillo in playing. Uh... I feel for the Red Sox, the highest-played minor league player of all time. Um, didn't do much, but he's, yeah, it's, he's, it's, he's it's, there. It's, uh, I mean, the, the guy who technically signed him, I guess, you know, uh, uh, Sherrington was a GM, and he's not there anymore. But Correct. Still, the, the lack of, of grief that the Red Sox take for that signing uh, you know, well, number one, you know the Globe's not going to go after him about it. No. And, and the Herald's completely just, you know, lost all of its uh, uh, bite and all of its teeth. So uh, the free pass that, that the Red Sox have gotten for that signing and, and you know, several others, but that one in particular, he's been completely worthless. Completely. Yeah. Over his head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just... Over the top of it, it's it's amazing well, no, too. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, they signed him that big contract, and I don't even know if they did the homework. They just the name. Everybody jumped out at the name. Oh, well, we're pretty sure he's really good. Well, not so much. Yeah, yeah. There was, uh, you know, he was kind of towards the tail end of a of a not really a flood of signings, but a, a number of signings of Cuban players, and it was almost like the Red Sox were saying, "Oh, we got to get on this. We got to show that." Now, we're active in the international market, and, you know, they didn't even bother to do their homework on the guy. 
Do you uh, did you get to watch any of the Celtics yesterday? I mean, that was fun. I mean, watching Abdel Nader brick four free throws in a row, which basically ended the game at that point, was a tremendous way for me to spend my late Sunday. How, that did not make my blood pressure rise at all. How do you not make four free throws? Like God. Yeah, I, I skipped that one yesterday. Yeah, you I'm, missed nothing. I'm glad I did. I just, uh, you know, after after the other night, who did they play uh, Friday night? Uh, oh, uh, wa- it was Washington. Last Washington. Time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, after that one, um, you know, well, that was Wednesday uh, when they blew the 20-point lead there. And I wasn't even upset that they blew the lead. I mean, you know, that it, it's the Red Claws. Uh, in Celtics uniforms, essentially, but you know, it's, it just it gets a little old after a while. Not not what, and you know, I don't want to jump on Al Horford. Well, no, I do. What, what I looked at the numbers, he had six points and four rebounds and three assists last night. Um, you know, he's people. You know, and I'm you're. Your guests on there extol his virtues, and and he does bring a lot to the team on both ends. But there comes a point, even if you're not that guy that scores 20 points and grabs 10 rebounds a night, when your best players out, what your your two best players are out with injuries, doesn't there come a point where you feel like you need to step up and produce those kind of numbers? And he rarely does. He rarely does that when when these other guys are out. So, you know, I like Tommy Al Horford. I don't care about his contract. I like that he's on the team. But please, don't make it sound like he's one of the most valuable players in the league. He's not. You can throw your bleeping defensive ratings out the window when it comes time for this guy to step up. When there's other people on the team who aren't available and it's time for a veteran all-star center to step up, he's not doing it. And and these these green teamers don't seem to understand that, and it drives me crazy. But but hold on, Randy. His sister's really great on Twitter, so we're supposed to <laughs> yeah, look. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I am firmly in the yeah, camp with down. Horford. There's two. There's three things here uh, with Horford. One, I think there are a lot of things uh, that he does that a lot of other big men don't do that he's never yeah. going to get credit for because I agree. we, as you know, uh, us, we're okay. We, we kind of understand the game's changing, but a lot of folks that don't understand the game at all can't understand why he's not a 2010 guy every night. They can't understand why he's not Kevin McHale or Robert Parrish, and I totally understand that. But there are also nights where it just... Things don't work out, whatever it is. Like, you know, last night to me was a was a prime example. Uh, I mean, there were stretches where he disappeared, and people kept saying, well, why is Anthony Davis taking over the game? Well, I thought Al Horford was so good defensively he could guard any, ever, anybody. So so why is Anthony Davis uh, being able to, to do his thing today? Like, I don't get it. No. So it, it you at some point he can't be immune to criticism. Okay, that's the first thing. But as soon as for some reason, as soon as you criticize Al Horford, that's it. The other thing that folks need to realize real soon is that that contract, if you are going to go after an Anthony Davis, if you're going after someone with a larger contract, that's going to be the first contract to move. He's only going to be here for another year, maybe another two years. 
So that that's going to be a chunk. Eventually, it's not going to be Al Horford anymore. It's going to be Al Horford's contract yeah. is what it's going to be. So in the NBA, yeah, you get overpaid guys. But the other thing that did, that move for signing Horford did, was make people realize, that, oh, Boston can get free agents. You know, they actually, they, they can actually do this. So, I mean, it served its purpose, and I'm sure he'll have some games he's going to win us, and there's going to be some games he's going to lose us along the way. But I think it was part of that rebuild process, and he was a necessary evil. But, yes, I would like to see more out of him and more out of him consistently right. moving right. forward. And he was so good, you know, the first third of the season. He was very good. Uh, and and he was he, he was doing the, those things that you talk about those intangibles those things that he brings to the team uh, that other big men don't generally do. Uh, but he was also consistently putting up pretty good numbers: fifteen points, eight rebounds, you know, seventeen points, ten rebounds. Uh, and you know, he, what he was leading the team in assists, wasn't he? Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he's not. He's not performing at that level uh, for the last two-thirds of the season here. And, you know, part of it's been, you know, just wearing down. He's hurt a little, for a little while, obviously. Uh, you know, but he serves a purpose. But, but let's not, in, in trying to make people understand the purpose that he serves, make it sound like, you know, he's, he's an MVP type player because he's not. And and I'm fine with that. I, I'm fine with that. But, you know, just don't make him out to... Defensively, you know, all these metrics and everything, basically what I conclude from them is he's, he's the, the modern-day center version or, 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 or four version of Larry Bird. He's a good team defensive player. He just doesn't play illegal defense as much as Bird did and didn't get called for it. He's a very good team defender. But you put him up against an Anthony Davis or you put him up against an Andre Drummond, and they eat him alive. They do. When is somebody in the Boston media point this out? He cannot contain these really good big men. He's a good, he's a good team defender. But one-on-one with these guys, he's out of his league. I'm sorry. I've seen enough of him. He gets eaten alive by these guys, and I'm sick of it. I know. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I agree. I just, I don't, I don't think the Celtics are going to win a title with Al Horford on the roster. I agree. But he'll get us to the point where we can win that title, and he'll probably get us the player that can. So I feel like that, and, and that to me, like, I look at Al Horford similarly to, like, how I look at Isaiah Thomas. You know, Isaiah Thomas had reached out and maxed out his potential. Isaiah Thomas will never have as good of a year as he had last year. Yeah. That He is the epitome of selling high, and people can get all wound up about that, but how has he looked since coming back from hip surgery? How would this year have looked for the Celtics if you hadn't uh. traded Isaiah Thomas and you were relying on him to come back? Think the, think this defense, which at times has looked absolutely insane, you think that would look any better? You know, I don't think it would. <laughs> Did you see uh, someone ask him on Twitter if he was open coming back to the Celtics? He said, never say never or something like that. Oh, of course yeah. he's going to say that because he, I, he, yeah. he doesn't know where the hell he's going to play next year. Like, yeah. it, it, it would behoove him not to, like, trash any place. Yeah, he's hoping no. he could come back to he's the He's hoping Celtics. he can come anywhere at this point, you know? like. I, I like him, but I don't want him back. No. I don't think that would be a good situation. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like that would help anything. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't. 
I agree with that. I really don't think that would be the case. You're 100% right. I don't, I don't see the point in going backwards there. Like Brad Stevens has gotten a lot out of guys, whether it was Evan Turner, whether it was, uh, uh, Crowder, uh, uh, Crowder, um, Crawford, um, Jordan Crawford, um, all those guys that, you know, he made into something, you know, there's a reason they all want to come back because they want to, you know, they'd like to, they'd like to work with, with Brad, but at the same time, he, you know, you need to give him, uh, prime stuff. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he can continue to work with, with the gang here soon and, uh, and go from there. I, I think the Bruins are the best chance for us to, to witness a, a New England title this year moving forward. I think. Well, they look good. They look good against Tampa Bay. I watched that. Oh, baby. Yeah, they can't keep losing guys to injury. No, I know. (laughs) Uh, I I agree with you, Matt. I think they are the best chance. Well, the good news is Patrice Bergeron back in skating today. So that's good news. So you start getting him back. And McAvoy will be back. McAvoy will be back. They're being really cautious with him. And Sweeney said last night Bergeron could join the Bruins on their next road trip, which begins Wednesday. Um, so that would be something there. And then once, once Bacchus gets, the good news is with Bacchus being uh, out with the laceration, he can't get suspended for a bogus call or ejected for a bogus call. So that's cool. So he doesn't have to worry about that at all. So that, that's cool. Um, you know, it was good though. Cause Rask looked really good. Yeah, he did. Against, really uh, that, that went against Tampa was a big win yeah, for them. Big win without all the guys mm-hmm. really. Talk with Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal, SunJournal.com. Well, the here's here's the bad news, guys. I think the the Patriots' uh, reign of terror in the uh, the American League East is over because Terrell Pye, Terrell Pryor is going to visit the Jets today. I okay. I don't know how we're going to stop him. I I just I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. I'm really really concerned. Really concerned. I'm I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to them completely. Watching the the third pick in the draft. Can you believe that? <laughs> I, you know that that'll be uh, that that makes it even more exciting, and it brings the the montage that ESPN always plays of, of Jets fans reacting to Jets draft picks through the years. That it, it gets that out of the way earlier, so I can, you know, it'll finally be nice spring weather when the draft happens. So I'll be able to only have to stick around for first for the first three picks before I go back outside. Can you believe what they gave up? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. And that's, you know, I'm hearing Jet Sands uh, on, on various talk shows, because God knows they're all over the place, especially on the national talk shows. Hearing them talk about, oh, I'm glad they were so aggressive. They know who the quarterback is that they want, and they want to make sure that they get them. You know, and they always, they always do a terrible job with second-round picks, so ah, who needs those anyway? You know, it's like this, these people have absolutely no concept about how you have to build a team. And it's not just about having a, a great quarterback. It's very important, no question about it. But, uh, you know, they, they, can't, they still haven't grasped the concept of, of team building at this point. Well, so, uh, you know, a typical Jets trade. Not only are they going, did they give up all those picks, and who knows which quarterback they're going to get. They don't know who the other two teams are going to pick. Right. But also, they've got two quarterbacks in camp. How about going for one like the like the Patriots have done? Did anybody ever hear of Garoppolo before we drafted him? We didn't. We 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 didn't know how to pronounce his name initially, and but we brought him along. Look where he is now. Yeah, teams. I mean, that's what that's what having a plan looks like. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the last time the the Jets 
developed a quarterback. It's it's you know the best they've had. Well, Rex of, certainly didn't know how to do that. Yeah, in terms of they, who they developed, it's probably Ken O'Brien. You know, <laughs> it's been, yeah. it's been a while. So, yeah, you're right, Coach. You, you have no idea who who the, the first you know who's Cleveland going to take. Have they really given any indication? It sounds like it's going to be a quarterback, but which one? You know, you don't know what those those first two picks are going to be. I think they're probably counting on one of those teams taking Barkley, I, I think. I, I could be wrong, and I'm not saying that that would be a, a bad move for someone to do that. I think he's going to be a really good player. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the Jets throwing so much into getting the quarterback they think they, they want uh, it may not be uh, getting what what they actually need. Uh, you know, why not draft someone like a Barkley? Uh, you know, and then you know, get your quarterback later. You know, and, and but you know, that, that's, they, that's why that. they they may be actually going to do that. Well, maybe they we're, as, yeah, we're assuming they're going after a quarterback, but maybe not. Yeah, I, I you know, it sounds like everybody thinks they're going to get the quarterback and. No, I, I don't see why they don't just, you know, ride Bridgewater and McCown for a year and, you know, see where that goes. But, the, you know. the the other thing with picking a quarterback up high is we've all <laughs> we've all seen. First of all, this group, I'm not sure I think there's some real risk. I know they all think Sam Donald's the the second coming. Every game I saw him play, he looked terrible in. He threw yeah, to the yeah, wrong people, good. he he succumbed to the pressure. I, I, maybe he looked great I am, in other games. I am but... really hoping he goes to the Jets because oh, yeah. he would that remind would... me of Mark Sanchez that and Ken O'Brien. They would be this. They're the same guy. That would be yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one I'm, I'm kind of hoping they take is, is Mayfield. I just, you know, I think actually he could be a pretty good quarterback. I just, you know, he's, he's got the potential to, you know. Uh, implode. Self-destruct in New York. New York. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's for the pure entertainment factor. I think <laughs> I would like to see that. He, he may be the best quarterback out of the, you know, out of the top group, but, uh, yeah, I think that would be, be fun to watch, but, but you're right about Darnold. He's, he's pretty much another Sanchez. He is Randy Winehouse. You can read him in the Sun Journal and sunjournal.com. Randy, we'll see you out and about. We'll talk to you next week. And, uh, yeah, go brackets, uh, I Bring brackets, some warm weather, will you? Yeah, can you bring some warm weather with you next week, please? If you could do that, that'd be great. If I could, I would. Though. Even if, you're all right. I would go semi-seasonal at yeah, this even, point. Like, yeah. I don't need it 65, but if we could get, like, maybe 45 with no wind, I'm totally fine with that. So uh, yeah, I, yeah, I would take that. Absolutely. I looked at my phone and I don't need that. Yeah. I, don't, no, I, I don't need I'm so 24. glad you told us that. Yeah, I, don't, I don't need 24 the day before it's supposed to be spring. Randy, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. That's Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal. You can catch him every Monday here on the Beelist Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios.